If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We are now unmuted and... Did that music cut off too fast? I still don't know how to fix that. I'm more interested by those noises you just made. Are you typing things the way an anime character would? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just a second, I'm just tweeting out. Tweet it out, yeah. It's right. while I, I've tweeted out the wonderful announcement that we're now live. It is true. We are here. We are live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Slightly Something Else. This week, Yahtzee and I are going to talk about Resident Evil. We're going to talk about uh, the best Resident Evil, which is Resident Evil 4, and then all well, the other yes. ones. And let's not... F- yes, and we're talking about this, of course, because Resident Evil 8, Resident Evil Village, has just... Uh, well, I said just... I was about to say just come out, because I just started playing it, but of course it hasn't just come out. I've just started playing it, because I'm a reviewer, and I'm connected, so Ooh. there... Look at you flouting, flaunting, if you will. But it's a big release. Nice to have one of those, isn't it? <laughs> it's After been, all this bloody waiting time. It's been a long time since the last like big video game release, yes. And everyone's talking about big titty goth girlfriends. Uh, that's, all, that's all the internet cares about is well-endowed, voluptuous women who may or may not be vampires. Yes. Nice yes. rewording of big titty goth girlfriend there. I tried it. I, I'm a th- I'm a thesaurus, Yats. <laughs> you sure are. Because and, and you know this is a conversation that Yatsi and I were having before the stream. Because I don't believe it's just about the big titties. I think that the internet has fallen in love with the big titty goth girlfriend because of the all around voluptuousness. Yeah. Well, some might say voluptuousness is big titties so in in a way it is just the titties it's, it's a general curvy hourglassy she's got, a, she's got a lot of well, meat in a lot of places is i guess what i'm saying i think a lot of it is that people like empowered women oh people want to be suffocated under the folds of an empowered woman <laughs> there's something in that Says probably says something about uh, the current generation. Mm. What things become meme worthy? In this case, getting smothered by evil vampire mummy. You know, is this any different than Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman? Well, I suppose you're right. Or Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which we were talking about earlier. The the original big titty goth girl. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's always been a thing. It's just recently, uh, only really recently, been formalized mm. in the phrase "big titty goth girlfriend," which is but a anyway, phrase yes. I have not ever heard until you said it earlier today. I mean, well, it- I keep I keep hearing it. I was wondering where it originated from, but it's it's just I guess it's just a meme. You know, it came from wherever memes come from. I've I've heard all of those parts of of the phrase uh, in in separately, but not all together as if it were a meme. You have once again opened my eyes. 
But anyway, <laughs> as the title of the of the podcast says, we need to talk about which is the best Resident Evil, which is, as you said, Resident Evil 4. Now back, all right, that's that determined. Yeah. Back to the big titty goth girlfriend discussion. Great. Well, I think it's really empowering for cosplayers of different sizes. Uh, I think, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun with... Uh, Don't Tristan. actually go back to the big titty goth girlfriend discussion. I was being facetious. Oh! You're, <laughs> you're generally not really a fan of Resident Evil or horror games in general, you were saying. This is a really true thing. I love Resident Evil 4 because Resident Evil 4 is a big schlocky action movie that also has some horror elements. That's why it's so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would go as far to say that Resident Evil 4 is one of the most pivotal games in the history of gaming generally. Ooh, all right. Elaborate on that. Well, it came out towards the end of the PS2 stroke GameCube era. It was originally GameCube exclusive. It was one of the uh, Capcom 5, which I did a video on in Zero Punctuation once. That's a long story not worth getting into right now. But it looked like it was from the generation that would follow, graphically speaking. Mm. It looked really good for its time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it also pioneered a lot of gameplay innovations that became de rigueur in, in later years. The over-the-shoulder shooting thing. Shoot. The uh, stuck-to-the-buttocks camera following sort of thing. <laughs> sure, which you sure. can see in games like Batman Arkham Asylum and uh, quite a lot of third-person shooters these days. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that it's also a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to play. Because it does. it is like horrific... There's lots of gore and violence in it, but as you say, it's also very camp. Yes. And if I were to put my finger on when Resident Evil is good, it's at its most good when it's horror and action, but also at its most camp. Hmm. I can agree with you there. I think, like, you know, the the, the El Gigante fight early on is, is mm. a big fun thing the 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 first time you see and it's been years since i played this game the guy with the chainsaw that chainsaws you in half oh that's super fun yeah that's that's certainly a watershed moment in that game really is where you're holding your own against a crowd of zombies and then a dude runs up and you think you'll be all right because you're on full health and then he just motherfucking chainsaws your head off and you're dead beautiful beautiful because if course if you were the protagonist of resident evil 7 you could probably just put your head back on and be none the worse but that is neither here nor there <laughs> well and resident so- evil 4 for the longest time was to my mind the only good resident evil mm-hmm. i was never into the series up to then okay so like the but, the original playstation 1 ones you weren't you weren't into yes i i tend to think resident evil 1 was a bit overrated it did pioneer a lot of things and crystallized a lot of what we know of as the survival horror genre. Sure, sure. But it was camp in a less self-aware way, which isn't, which wasn't as good. Mm. And there were a lot of. I have a lot of issues with the fixed camera design that just made it kind of unintuitive to play. Ugh, yes, the the awful tank controls that would swap anytime you would swap cameras. So we would be walking in one direction, turn a corner, change cameras, and all of a sudden you're walking in the other direction. Oh, hated that. Hated that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, forgot what I was going to say. Now, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> look at look at me, Mister Professional. 
podcast talker like so, uh, I got my second I got my second COVID injection Saturday did I mention that by the way it does stuff like it makes you tired for like a week afterwards and it does make you a little forgetful messes with my head messes with this your is head not like this I not like how I was on Sunday when <laughs> I was in too much pain to move I like I finally got over all of the like hazy head and like general body aches that came weeks afterwards. Uh, but in any case, mm. you were talking about Resident Evil One, and you were talking about how yes. it was camp, but not in the same kind of camp as Four was. Yes, and also wasn't as effective as horror because it was more frustrating than scary. I'd say, mm. and in my opinion, Silent Hill kicked the shit out of it in terms of pioneering horror games, which might not be fair to say because it came out a few years later. But you know. Yeah. Some games benefit from being one of the first, and Resident Evil is one of those, I'd say. Sure, sure. And I and personally never really liked it much. So when Resident Evil 4 came out, I was uninterested. And I had a friend who also had a GameCube who said, have you played Resident Evil 4? And I was like, no, I don't really like the Resident Evil series. And they said, I'm going to loan you Resident Evil 4, you are going to play through it, or I'm going to cut you. <laughs> That's a good friend well, right there. To paraphrase. So I played it and obviously loved the shit out of it and bought my own copy as soon as I could. Mm -hmm. Because it, because Resident Evil always does this. It goes, it, it, uh, sort of trundles along for a while with a bunch of sequels that have a lot that are very similar. Mm. And then when it's, when the interest starts to die, they sort of go back to the drawing board and they completely rework the game. And then they bring out something that is like amazing, incredibly good which was what Resident Evil 4 was. And importantly, they sort of drop a lot of the established storyline. Because mm. that's the other thing that's annoying about Resident Evil over time. They just add more convoluted bullshit <laughs> to this tangled plotline, which basically boils down to Umbrella Corporation is evil and missed no opportunity to be evil. And Chris Redfield and his four friends are the only sane people in the world somehow. And everyone, every other hero is somehow related to them, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from Resident Evil 2 onwards, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Basically, every Resident Evil game is just, let's get all the characters from previous Resident Evil games, throw a dart, and that's the protagonist of the new one. <laughs> which changed when Resident Evil 7 came out, of course. Mm -hmm. Which was the next time that Resident Evil completely reinvented itself. All right. And I played a bit of Resident Evil 7 and did not much care for it. Okay. Well, let's get onto the broader topic of horror games. What is it you sure. don't like about horror games? Resident Evil 7, I think, is a really effective horror game. Mm. I really enjoyed it. And once you get into it, it has a lot of that camp factor mm. that I think Resident Evil makes work pretty well. And maybe that was the problem is I did not get I only got a couple hours into it. Right. For me, and and I am a big horror fan in general. I love horror movies. I love being scared. I love like being creeped out by watching a movie. I love horror aesthetic skeletons and blood and guts, all that stuff. Love it all. I love all that stuff. Doesn't everyone. D but doesn't everybody, right? Like that doesn't make me special. For me, I have yet to find a game that makes me scared. Like it's something about the ability to control your character that disconnects me from any horror element. It is astonishing 
how much I disagree with you right now. <laughs> and that's it okay. Ast- we can disagree. It is astonishing how far apart our perspectives are because I also like horror films mm. and I like horror games. In fact, I think video games are the best at horror because you are a participant in the horror as the player character. You're right in there. You're automatically invested. You don't have to waste time trying to get the audience invested in the main characters because the audience is the main character. You can just start kicking the shit out of them and we already care because we're trying to get through the game. But because of the inherent gameplay mechanics, there's no tension to be had in any of the sequences. If you fail, you start again. If you make it through, you get to the next area. There's no... There's no question, there's no tension in any of the sequences because it's a video game. Well, the best horror games, to my mind, sort of create tension from uh, letting you get through things by the skin of your teeth. And I think Resident Evil, the good Resident Evils have been very good at this. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I always feel like I'm uh, short on ammo in Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 7. I always feel like I'm having to scrape together every last bit of ammo I can get because um, I'll think I'm sitting pretty on like 30 bullets and then I use like 29 of them trying to get down one bloody zombie. Mm-hmm. So I, I always feel like the when I can like scrape through the skin of my teeth, maybe it's not so much the risk of dying as it is the risk of running out of resources that creates the tension for me. Sure, but then that gets us in the same place where if you run out of resources, you just die and then you start over. And the the looping the, the well here's well well here's the thing I think Resident Evil is very tightly designed in that um, it's actually quite easy to get through uh, the the challenges, mm-hmm. but it feels like it's harder than it is because you always feel like you're low on resources, but the game just like sort of subtly gives you it just when you need it. In fact, Resident Evil 4 actually had a dynamic difficulty setting mm-hmm. that uh, automatically like changed a couple of things if it sensed you were doing badly or doing well. Sure. No, and I, I think that's fine. I, I, you know, like a game like Left 4 Dead, who uh, that has a similar, you know, obviously like zombie horror vibe that also has its, mm. um, what, what was the thing in Left 4 Dead? What was it called? Dynamic Director? Uh, I think they just called it the director. Sure. Well, it, you know, the essentially the same thing. If you were going fast and doing really well, it would make sure you were challenged more. And if you were having a hard time, you were challenged less. It was a dynamic difficulty. Uh, and I, I think like a game like Left 4 Dead really works uh, as a tension building device. And Resident Evil doesn't for me. Why that is, is because of the single player experience, the... The just knowing checkpoints exist, knowing that once I get through this level, I never have to do that again. I there there is something inherently not scary about video games. Well, have you tried suspending your disbelief? <laughs> I have, I have indeed. I mean, that's I mean that's an issue with like trying to have adversity in any game surely mm-hmm. we always know we're going to get through it because we're the protagonist and we have infinite saves right but there's like there's a difference between like an adventure that you're going on like evoking that feeling of accomplishment in an adventure and evoking the feeling of of fear and horror and des desperatitude that's not a word but you know what i'm saying like desperation de- oh, thank you <laughs> You know, the 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 desperation that you are supposed to feel in a horror game 
isn't there because of the mechanics of video games. Maybe I just get more immersed because I find it very easy to feel affected by like the horror and the threat in a horror game like Resident Evil 7. Hmm. When I first played Resident Evil 7, like for timing reasons or whatever, I could only play up to the point where you have to stop if you haven't finished installing the game, hmm. which is right after the first boss fight with your possessed wife, where she's got the chains or... And um, I had to like stop playing at that point and let the uh, console finish installing it overnight. And during the night, I had like nightmares about what was going to happen next in the game because I'd been affected by it. I thought that was a really effective op- a prologue in that game. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I maybe I just like find it easy to get immersed. Well, like, like if like if the game like establishes tension and like that I need to be running, I always get into it. I was like, oh god, I got to run! I can't, I can't like stop for resources. I've got to run, and because everything's tense. And maybe I think I think that's part of it. And you and I, obviously, you know, like I, I am more of a movie person. You're more of a video game person, because of the interactivity of video games. Whenever there is a sec a section where like you're supposed to run, I understand that you're supposed to run, but I also want to play around with the interactivity a little bit. Oh, can I not run? Can I go over here? What can I do? So like, because I have those options, I am left in control of the pace of the game and I'm not pacing it like a horror game. (laughs) See, that's the difference because I want to avoid dying, not because like dying is any real like uh, threat, Mm -hmm. but because dying breaks the immersion. Dying like uh, interrupts the... um, the mood i suppose <laughs> it's like that that's my motivation to keep going not because i want to protect myself but because i don't want to lose my immersion i want to keep i want to keep things going hmm. and uh, like i get that and i can't and, and i have been incredibly immersed in many many a game but it's that ask it's that very specific ask of we want you to be afraid here and i've been afraid in games too like it's not just it's not just horror games it's it's the specific ask of like you have to be afra- afraid and if you're not afraid the the rest of the game is going to be chintzy or campy or cheesy and i think that's where the break is for me i think like um uh you know a, a really good example of this is like alien isolation mm-hmm. which is a game i i really did not care for because of all these things that we we've been talking about and I'm a big fan of the alien franchise and so I was ripe for like to get into this world and it was just very boring to me. Yeah, that's interesting cuz uh I quite liked Alien Isolation. It was in my top 5 that year. <gasps> oh, I remember saying it was the same year Shadow of uh Shadow of Mordor came out. And I was like, what the fuck is with all these movie tie-ins being good all of a sudden? <laughs> I might ask, has there, have you ever had like a sensation of dread or horror from a game, from any game, from any experience? There was a really recent example. I talked about it with Nick over on the Escapist show. I played a, I played a little detective game called A Hand with Many Fingers. I believe you mentioned this to me at one point. I may have. It's a, it's a really interesting game, and it's it's basically about like rifling through newspaper clippings and. Oh yes, this is the this is the red string game. The red string game, correct? And then you yes. you pin them up on a board, and you try to put your clues together. And if you can put the right clues together, that opens up new things, and you can get access to more clues. 
And it's a very short, interesting little detective game that you, you're basically locked in three rooms. Mm. And as the game goes on, it has these really subtle atmospheric horror elements the phone rings and no one's on the other end you go down into the archives and like just the gentle buzzing of the lights i was genuinely creeped out playing this little detective game because you were immersed because i was super you were, immersed you were immersed in the experience of trying to get your detective tasks done exactly i suppose that brings us to psychological horror as an alternative to flat out Action horror where the threat is just something's going to come out and bite your legs off. Mm. And of course, that's why I like Silent Hill so much, because there's that's, there's a lot of psychology in that. Yeah, yeah. In Silent Hill, you're not worried uh, something's going to jump out and bite your legs off. You're afraid because you're being haunted by something inside yourself. You're being guided through something and all the monsters are there. They seem like they're having as bad a time as you are. Mm. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I, so, I, oh. I remember when I was making like some of the, my dev diary games, when I was making like the two horror games, uh, Life of Eric Zahn and Something's in the Sea, mm. I wanted to avoid the three specific things that all horror games do, gameplay-wise, which are gore and violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, being chased by something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've completely forgotten what the other one was. And hiding in a closet. So, yeah, I guess that goes with being chased by something. Oh, sure. Uh, I think it was jump scares, yeah. Mm. Jump scares, running away and hiding from something that's chasing you, and uh, gore. And I was trying to make horror games that didn't use any of those, mm. which just sounds like what your game, A Hand With Many Fingers... I think is what you said. Yes. It sounds like that's what it was doing. So that that would be interesting to me on an academic level. Perhaps I'll check it out. It it got it got into my head because I was so engrossed in the the loop of the game that mm. the horror snuck up on me. And so I I think that that to me and you know, I know this is me as someone who doesn't play a lot of horror games making a generalization about horror games, but the 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 trope of Wait until you find a monster, hide. The monster goes away. Walk down the hall, hide from the monster. The monster goes away. It is super yeah. boring. That was the answer to people feeling like horror games had lost their teeth if it was just monster jumps out and you kill the monster. Because mm. what if monster jumps out and you don't kill the monster? What if the challenge is just running away from the monster? And then like every horror game was that for a mm. while. For a long and then, time. And then bringing things back around... Resident Evil 7 came out and said, hey, you know these first-person runaway from the monster games everyone likes so much? What if we just gave you a gun? Could, what if we just brought the gun back in? Would mm. that be fun? And it turns out it was. It's it's very possible I have to give Resident Evil 7 another shot. You know, maybe maybe I didn't give it its full due diligence. Well, I don't know. I mean, from what you're saying, if you couldn't get into Resident Evil... I mean, it couldn't get into Alien Isolation. Oh, I, I really did not like Alien Isolation. In, an incredible oh. amount. It, it really surprised me that other people like it in general. But, you know, that's fine. People can like what they like. It's yeah, I mean, if you give RE7, uh, give RE7 some time, it starts to feel more Resident Evil 4 as you go through it. Mm. And you start getting into some ridiculous boss fights. Yeah. 
That, like, so uh, I like that. I do like that. Yeah. We have to fight the dad of the house in a small garage mm. while he's swinging around two chainsaws on either side of a broom handle. I think I played that part. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I think I played that part and I just didn't... Eh, just, <laughs> you, don't, you don't think that was a bit like amusingly camp and intense? I don't... It's hard to remember as it was many years ago and my memory in general is is mostly shot. But I... Yeah, I just I just didn't get the vibe. I didn't get that vibe. I I want a I want a horror that sneaks up on me. I want you know even even something like your your Bloodborne or your Dark Souls has mm. enough other things happening in the game where the horror elements really do creep up on you. Even even something as front facing as Bloodborne or Dark Souls. I love things that have a horrific tone, but you can't really put your finger on why. Mm. Do you ever do you ever watch Petscop? Uh, no, that Pets, that sounds like this, a medication. It <laughs> was a it was a YouTube series that was like presented itself as a let's play of a very little known game from the PS One era. Oh, okay. Which is and it looks very convincingly like a PS One game, where it's just this like weird abstract character going around this uh, bright environment uh like collecting pets oh okay but it gets but it starts to get this really weird creepy vibe as you go through it and there's you can't really put your finger on what's making it creepy mm-hmm. it's not like you know one of them shitty creepy pastas where it turns out oh no blood was coming out of sonic the hedgehog's eyes <laughs> classic it's creepy just, pasta, you yeah. get like the character's like gets into these weird incomprehensible situations and like the person who's narrating the let's play starts getting more and more weirded out because he feels like the game's talking to him directly about certain sure, things sure sure then there are bits in the series where they just black out parts of the screen and you just hear the like it's been censored after the fact and you just hear the player say something like okay now someone's trying to mess with me <laughs> Yeah, and I, I like that, and, and may, I think that has a lot to do with the immer- or the lack of immersion for me in horror games, which is like I know what I'm expecting. I have all of mm. the all of the pieces in front of me, and I'm unable to turn that part of my brain off to say, okay, this is supposed to be scary. Let yourself be scared by this. It doesn't. It doesn't creep. It doesn't surprise me. Okay, sounds like you're too analytically minded. You need to be distracted with some kind of task that's like with, exactly um, it so you know so it's not just like horror up front you're not just thinking here is the horror come and get me right right yeah give give me like a gameplay loop that i can get lost in and then let the horror come in even so then even if i know it's a horror game i should be theoretically so lost in the loop that uh, that the horror still catches me by surprise. That would be fun. Did you ever play Spec Ops: The Line? I played a bit of Spec Ops: The Line, and uh, I mean, obviously, I know of Spec Ops: The Line. How right. the the story creeps up on you, exactly. Yeah, uh, it's more of a game that the horror will creep up on you if you're really into third person shooters, I suppose. <laughs> right, right. And then there's people in the chat mentioning Doki Doki Literature Club. Which is another thing that only works if you're willing to meet with it on the level of a dating sim. <laughs> All right. Because you have to like like dating sims enough to put up with the dating sim for long enough for it to start, you know, getting creepy. <laughs> 
Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, is that the bird dating simulator? No. 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 That's um, Hatoful Boyfriend. Of course. Doki Doki Literature Club is the dating sim where it becomes a weird, uh, horrific sort of meta game as you're going through it. And sort of, it sort of starts off as a standard dating sim with three hot chicks in a Japanese high school, and then it takes a weird left turn mm. into like uh, traumatic and horrific concepts. All right. And then it becomes, then it gets really weirdly existential on an Undertale sort of level. Sound, sounds but, like my jam. But as like I you said, yeah. but as I say, you have to like visual novel dating sims for it to sort of take you up to that point. <laughs> I th- I think like what what it what it is is it's the difference between frog fractions and glitter mitten grove i think i know what you mean <laughs> and i think expectations you know when whenever you and i talk about you know dramatic arcs or comedy like expectations the, the setting up and the paying off is really important and playing with that build and release of tension is extra important in something like a horror uh, tale. And so when the expectations are right on its sleeve, it's hard to justify the, the, the punchline. If, if I said that correctly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I suppose I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Well, not much point asking (laughs) you what you think the worst Resident Evil game is, I suppose. I I'm I'm with you in those early ones though. Those early ones I thought were unbearable, mostly because of the actual controls. We seem to be in a minority on this. <laughs> really? There's a lot of people. A lot of people loved the first Resident Evil. A lot of people loved Resident Evil Two, mm. and they loved the remake. Have you, did you play the remakes? No, but I have heard good things about them. Um, I don't like them as much as RE Seven or RE Four. Sure. I think they suffer a bit from being still caught up in all the broad Resident Evil plot, let's say, which is <laughs> which is kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of the, a lot of time, Resident Evil protagonists just come across as really, really dumb. <laughs> like, um, there's there's moments. They're full of moments where they confront like the big evil villain in a room mm-hmm. and point their gun and say, stop, big evil villain. Big evil villain goes, ha, 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 you can't stop me. And the big evil villain just walks out. <laughs> shoot, the, shoot the big evil villain. Shoot him in the leg. And it all feels like some just stupid way to string together a bunch of giant bloated monster boss fights. Sure. <laughs> And I think the good games, Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 7, are where you can sort of like, you sort of end up cheering for the main character. You said, yeah, you're still kind of dumb, but we love you. Leon Kennedy flings himself through a window and with absolute zero concern for his safety Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and says dumb things because the plot is establishing him as kind of pathetic around women, which, which is funny. And you sort of, you sort of, you know, you like the guy. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like Leon in Resident Evil Two. I just thought he was just sort of like, oh no, I'm a rookie police officer. I don't know what to do, and I'm dumb, and I don't know how to shoot villains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, and and you know, after four, uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what Resident Evil Five even was because I remember, you know, like four started off, started its life as a GameCube exclusive, and I had a GameCube, mm. so I was all about four. And then what was Resident Evil 5? Five? Was the one Resident Evil Five was the one in Africa. Mm. Mm. Yeah, where you shoot hordes of black people and right. they dress up in like traditional tribal outfits with spears right. and shields and hop up and down hooting and it's all a little bit uncomfortable yeah okay i'm totally with you uh yes i do remember i remember that one existing now <laughs> i mean i don't know how much we want to forgive from just saying oh it's japanese <laughs> you know what they you know what they're like with the rest of the world mm. and it was funny resident evil 4 did a thing that resident evil 8 is doing as well where the game is set in europe <laughs> and that's all the information you're given the game is set in europe where we're in fucking belgium no. we're around the corner from bruges doesn't matter that's all the information you need general europe that's all you need <laughs> then you get diff- well. then you get different accents that even white people are able to do yeah and apparently it's some incredibly isolated part of europe where things haven't advanced for us the last 500 years it's Europe. It's weird over there. <laughs> I mean, come I'm on. from Europe. Yeah, it's weird over there. <laughs> I, I'm an American. To me, like Europe is is uh, like w- uh, one city, and then the rest is medieval farmland. I have no idea. What's I didn't. I didn't live in a medieval farming village. You lived under in the a one giant city. castle, right? I lived in a small town with a cement works. Wow. I I know I I was I was in Europe exactly once uh and I know nothing about it so I'm sorry. Well there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Res- Resident Evil 5 and 6 was they were doing the thing again where they got it right with Resident Evil 4 and then so and then they just sort of churned the pot for a while before they realized they had to reinvent things again. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And so those the games are progressively bad. Resident Evil 5 is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Pretty forgettable, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty long game, but I struggle to remember a lot of it. And then... And then and- Resident Evil 6 was really, really terrible. <laughs> Which is the Resident Evil game with, with the nemesis? That is Resident Evil 3. Oh. But the whole Nemesis idea was sort of uh, uh, a continuation of the Mr. X thing from Resident Evil 2. Oh, Where you get chased around by a big indestructible zombie Mm -hmm. the whole game. Okay. I know a lot of people had a lot of fun with the remake of Resident Evil 3 and the Nemesis. I I mean, even like the remakes, Resident Evil, like the 3 remake was much worse than the 2 remake. Uh, Oh, because in both cases, I think they pretty much just like copy pasted the setting from Resident Evil Two, and then just did a shorter and less interesting story in it. Oh, okay, sure, why not? Well, and I get like to me, I guess that's what I'm assuming, and I, I know you you probably can't say anything about the new Resident Evil because of embargoes or spoilers or whatever. But I I guess I would I saw Nemesis. Uh, only in clips online, and that's what I assume. Giant vampire lady is going to be a, a similar, similar that to uh, Nemesis. Mm. I, you can't say anything. This is me just saying out loud because I haven't. Mm. Pl- I don't have an embargo. I didn't play it. 
Well, my well, I would say in response to that, mm-hmm. actually, <laughs> and I'm never sure what embargoes really prevent. Mm. I mean, embargo. I mean, there's no like legal way to enforce an embargo. All they do, all you, if you break embargo, all that will really happen is that the publisher will stop giving you free games, right? And but I'm not sure, like, to what degree. Uh, what, I mean, t- hypothetically, they could do that if if you did anything. Yeah, if they just didn't like you, they could do that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm not sure how much they'd forgive if I said if I just said something on the lines of. Uh, I heard they were going to try to remake Resident Evil 4 and uh, from playing Resident Evil 8 it seems like they lost faith in the idea and just turned Resident Evil 8 into the remake of Resident Evil 4. Is that breaking embargo? Well, you were speaking hypothetically, so absolutely not. Oh, oh, yes, of course. That was some (laughs) hypothetical person who has also played the first like three or four hours of Resident Evil 8 yesterday. Very hypothetical, though uh, that hypothetical does get me a little excited. Hmm. does get me a little excited about the new Resident Evil. There, There is a lot in Resident Evil of... There is a lot of Resident Evil 7 in Resident Evil 8 still. Mm. Same protagonist, obviously. Gotcha. So, you know what? I would recommend giving Resident Evil 7 a chance. I think by the end, when it starts getting really silly, you might find yourself into it. Hmm. I think I think that's fair. I've been, I've been trying that recently with games that I have kind of... Uh, this motion written off is the word i was looking for games Mm. that i have written off in the past as you know stuff i wouldn't enjoy and i have found enjoyment sometimes so i think maybe i will uh i'll have to check where i have it downloaded do i have it downloaded here no you've probably got it on something right i got it on something ah yes here it is on i have it on steam i can install it right now Oh, wait, yeah. this is Resident Evil Biohazard? Yep, that's Resident Evil 7. Oh, perfect. Okay. You see, what they did there was that they combined the Western title of the series with the Japanese title of the series. Oh. In the West, it's always been Resident Evil. In, in, Jap- in Japan, it's always been called Biohazard. Oh. So when Resident Evil 7 came out, in the West, it was called Resident Evil Biohazard. And in Japan, it was called Biohazard Resident Evil. <laughs> is that really true? That is true. That and is they're not, crazy. It's not the only franchise that's done that. Yakuza Like a Dragon is exactly the same principle. In the West, it was always called Yakuza. Mm-hmm. And in Japan, it's called Like a Dragon. So they just combined the titles. I, I, I'm kind of okay with that, I guess. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's neat. That's a, that's a really fun little twist. Because, of course, Seven takes place a lot, you know, in, a, in a cabin. Uh, so, some, the evil is in their residence. That's really funny. Exactly. Really funny. You are literally in, a, in a, 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 an evil residence. That's really Which really I think cute. was the premise of the first game, and that was kind of lost in subsequent games, whereas now you're in an evil city, and now you're in evil <sighs> city again, and now you're in evil Europe, and now you're in... <laughs> Now you're in evil Africa, etc. Sure. And Resident, sure. Evil, now you're, and Resident Evil 6 was, now you're in evil entire world. Which was, and they completely blew their load. You know, that is a, a I'm not saying, I'm going to say shockingly good point, uh, as if you don't make good points all the time. But I do think that that was something that they completely forgot about after the first one, which is, yes, like that was part of the, the, the calling card of the first one is you're just in a big spooky house. 
Yeah, I mean, well, you could break down a lot of horror to that, couldn't you? Yeah. You're just in a big spooky house, like the uninvited, the uh, alone in the dark. Ooh, yeah. The uh, like basically every Hammer horror film. <laughs> well, but you can, you know, and you can use that. You can use that setup to do some really amazing thing. I'm, I'm thinking of a, a recent really wonderful horror movie. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, The Empty Man. Don't really watch new films. <laughs> well, I know you are a fan of horror. Uh, I would recommend it to anyone out there. It's called The Empty Man, and it it plays with your horror expectations quite delightfully. Hmm. Uh, thinking of, you know, big spooky house trope. Is it Super Chat time? I, I would say we have perfectly wrapped up all of our thoughts on horror games and Resident Evil in general, I say let's go to the Super Chats. All right. Super Chat time. Super Chat. Goku Son DBZ, which I think is a Dragon Ball Z reference, mm, gives five no US dollars. Gives five US dollars to say, personally, I find Resident Evil Code Veronica and Resident Evil Revelations to be underrated. Thoughts? P.S. Personal favorite game, original RE2. Uh, I never played Code Veronica. I grouped that with all the pre-Resident Evil 4 games, where it was not really for me. Oh. And, I, you know, for a second I was thinking that Code Veronica was was the... Was it a DLC or was it uh, a way that you got to play Resident Evil 4 as... Uh, no, the, no, 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 no. That was a whole other game. Code Veronica was... Uh, I want to say it was a PS2 game. Oh, okay. Like a whole, like, installment. But they could have put a number on the end. They just didn't. Hmm. Oh. It was about Claire Redfield doing something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Umbrella know. Corporation does an evil thing. Yeah. Someone from the first couple of games shows up and sorts it out. Mm. Mm. Resident Evil Revelations. Yes, I played uh, the first one of those on the 3DS. Yeah, that was pretty good. Mm. More sort of like Resident Evil 4 DLC in a lot of ways, but, uh, you know, they passed the time. Absolutely. Uh, Blade V8 gives five Great British Pounds to say, yeah, it's of your established favourite games. Which ones do I think are still worthwhile classics and which do you think have aged out of relevance? You know, it's hard to say when you've got a lot of nostalgia for a game. It's hard to look at it objectively. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have, I think, I have like my paranoid concerns that maybe Silent Hill 2 doesn't hold up. I might need to find someone who doesn't really like horror games and has never played any of the Silent Hill games to give it a try and let me know how it worked out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do you know anyone along those lines, Jack? Oh, who also still has a PlayStation 2 that works? Yeah. That might, yeah. Yeah, because basically don't play any version other than the PlayStation 2 version. Yeah, which I is, know someone like that. Which I think is the only version you can get. Yeah. These yeah. Days. There, was a, there was a PC version, but it's very hard to find these days. Um, I'll see if I can find a copy. And don't play the remasters, for God's sake. No, no, no. I, 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 I'll find an original PS2 version. Don't you worry. All right. Scott Daniels gives $2, but doesn't ask a question. He, he just wanted to throw us a tip there. Uh, he did uh, want to ask a question, but uh, but pressed the wrong button. I see uh, one of our moderators over on YouTube, Honey Money, wanted to make sure we got his uh, Scott Daniels question asked, which is, Jack, did you play PT when it was available? If that didn't scare you, I honestly don't think much could when it comes to games. And I didn't, because I'm not a okay. fan of horror games. That's also a game that's hard to find these days. 
because they took it off the PlayStation Store after Silent Hills got cancelled. Isn't there, like, you can buy, like, consoles that have it installed, right? <laughs> it's very, very spooky. Ooh. I mean, it's... I'm not sure how much worth it is as a proof of concept because I don't see how you could, like, stretch it out into a full game. Mm-hmm. But as a, like, a sing, like a short horror proof of concept, like a lot of short horror games are online, mm. like Itch.io has, like, millions of the things, it's very interesting. Well, that's what As I. A concept horror. You know, game. recently I, I was I, I was talk uh, I I was playing the Dread X collection, which is something mm. that I think they need to do more with horror games. With Dread X collection is a collection of like twenty very small horror games that all have a hub world that you can explore, a spooky yeah. hub world. Yeah, I played one of those. I think there's a lot of like very short concept horror games. I think the. Uh, the genre lends itself well to that sort of thing. Yeah, make more games like that where it's just a bunch of little short games and you get a little hub world to explore them. That's great. Hmm. Uh, Goku's on DBZ again gives five US dollars to say, outside of Resident Evil, I consider myself a big Silent Hill fan as well as Fatal Frame and Clock Tower. Recently got into the indie horror game Darkwood. Yeah, I think I started that one. I think I saw it through. Darkwood is like a top-down twin-sticky one, right? Yeah. I quite like the Fatal Frames. Very spooky. Very jump scary, though. Mm. Clock Tower, um, a mixed bag. The first one on the snares is very good. Almost uh, a pioneer in survival horror. Mm. It was doing like the running away and hide from the monster thing before everyone was doing the run away and hide from the monster thing. But then there are other Clock Tower games like Clock Tower 3 that are just incomprehensible and bananas and laughably bad. Oh... So don't play that one. Uh, I have I have a small update for you. As you were talking, I quickly went over to eBay to see what copies of Silent Hill 2 on the PlayStation 2 are going for. Go on. Would you would you care to to tally a guess? Uh here here's one a tested uh 100% authentic version of Silent Hill 2 on the PlayStation 2. Hmm, well, it's probably quite hard to get hold of these days. So, like, 50 bucks? $160. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't pay $160. Just fucking emulate it or something. <gasps> I would never. Oh, oh, neither would I. Don't emulate anything. That's not good. It, you, why deny money to our wonderful corporate masters? <laughs> Emulation is always wrong. <laughs> anyway. Sif Morgan gives 199 US dollars to ask Jack have you played Subnautica tension everywhere uh Yanti you were just talking to me about Subnautica and uh it's I have it downloaded it's on Game Pass which I now have and I have it downloaded Hmm. and I'm ready to play it as yes I've heard it has that wonderful creeping atmosphere uh and hopefully enough busy work to let that sink in yeah you have to get into it and there's plenty of busy work because it's you know it's a survival craft em up yeah the busy work is not dying. Yeah. So I do. I think a game like Subnautica will perfectly fit into games that I find spooky as long as I can get into it. But I, I mean, I get to play it as part of my subscription service. So I. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, if, it, if it's yours anyway, might go as well nuts. play it. Exactly. Tim Rowan gives five great British pounds to say, finished work early enough to enjoy this live. So good question. RE4 is getting remade. Thoughts? Well, I brought that up earlier. 
Mm. where I or a hypothetical person said that maybe they gave up on that and decided Resident Evil 8 would be the RE4 remake because mm. it kind of has that vibe in a lot of places. Mm. But I would say don't remake RE4. RE4 is perfect. Remaster. Give us a remaster. Like, let us play it on modern. Like, or can you play yeah. RE4 on Steam now? Or yeah, 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 you can play it on Steam. Oh, okay. Never mind then. As long as it works, then we're. Then we're I mean, you could do like just like copy paste the whole game and just make the textures higher resolution if you really must. Yeah, yeah. Some some uh, some nice uh, but, quality yes. of life updates would be nice. Sure. But otherwise, don't mess with success. <laughs> Agreed. Samuel Surrett gives 10 US dollars to ask Jack, were you not scared by Half-Life Alex's Jeff? Have you played Half-Life Alex? I don't have a VR. Well, that then you don't know if it would have scared you. I don't have a, I feel like I feel like if you're asking me a specific question, you know that I don't have a VR and I'm also very skeptical of VR in general. <laughs> like I feel right like this then. was I feel like this was a double a double dig at me for not liking horror games or not being into VR. It's, it is quite a spooky concept. I think the horror is sort of let down by the way every character in the game keeps dunking on Jeff. Because <laughs> they keep they keep like trying to keep the like the, the quippy dialogue going. Oh. And they, you know, everyone just keeps taking the piss out of Jeff. He more feels bad for the guy by the end. Aww. David Foster gives 1999 GBP great british pounds to say are you ever really immersed in games jack or are you the type of player that only half takes it seriously some people play like that no criticism uh no no in fact like it it more like as we've talked about i get lost in many many a game um i more get lost in the gameplay loop i i am the kind of person that when i play a video game i don't listen to podcasts or listen to other music i have to only pay attention to the game uh for all games that i play all the time so no i i i'm not that kind of person uh who Hmm. who is too analytical to enjoy things it's just horror it's that very specific ask that i i can't get on board with Hmm. scavenger gives 10 us dollars to ask a question on in a similar vein two things pop to mind re-immersion one how is save points different from chapters on a dvd menu second some games break the die or continue mold like until dawn where you die but continue Mm. so how do you feel about them uh, well, the the chapters on a DVD menu is very easy because uh, a, a little thing doesn't pop up when you hit uh, a point in the movie that says, now we're on chapter 23. So, you know, there's no like little saving or chapter icon like there is a saving icon. And of course, movies are linear and games don't have to be. Games are interactive. Uh, so it's very different. Uh, and what was the what was the other part? Until Dawn. Have you played that? Uh, That's uh, one of them interactive movie games. Oh, then no. Where uh, made by the guys who are making those like uh, dark pictures anthology games at the moment. Mm. Where it's like David Cage style interactive movie, and at various points in the plot, characters can die, but you can like press quick time events to them for them to not die. Oh, yeah, doesn't sound like my thing. It's not that. It's not that good. No. <laughs> Goku Son DBZ gives two US dollars to ask thoughts on Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. I really liked that game back on the GameCube. It has uh, some interesting ideas. That was the game that had insanity effects. Oh, yes, I remember hearing about that. Sort of pioneering, really. Hmm. Where 
if your sanity was low because it was like you had a sanity bar yeah and if it was low things would happen like you'd see bugs crawling across the screen or <laughs> like a little volume slider would appear and start ticking down so you'd think you were sitting on the remote or something oh i actually i love that idea he, I, I so I never played it. What I know is that when I worked at the used video game store, we constantly had copies of that. Like we had a lot of copies of that. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it was a big. It was a big hit on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to feel scared by it. <laughs> it has. It's a little bit too uh, dodgy writing camp. Gotcha. For me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, the first time you get hit by the insanity effects, it's really cool. But then after after a while, you just after a while, it's just you're just sort of like trying to make them happen, just to see what else there are. Sure. Say, oh, I got the insanity effect where suddenly you're walking on the ceiling of the room. Oh, that was kind of fun. Let's <laughs> let's find more insanity effects. Kind of like uh, the the first time you fight Psycho Mantis versus the all, all the other times you fight Psycho Mantis. Like, yes, you yeah, know all my yes, other we know games. what to do. Yes, we know what to do now. Thank you. But the first time you fight him and he tells you about the other games that you played, that was fucked up. That was really mm. crazy. <laughs> Kevin Greatricks gives five Canadian dollars but has no question. Mm. The Atomic Lemon. Uh, thanks, Kevin Greatricks, I suppose I should say. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the money. How dare thanks for you. the money and the easier life. How dare you not ask us a question? <laughs> The Atomic Lemon gives 20 euros to say games like Subnautica invoke terror not knowing what is lurking in the deep, as opposed to horror, which involves more of a tension and release cycle of a shocking moment being built up beforehand. Which do you prefer? You know, I remember there was a special term for this that I saw on one of those analytical YouTube videos I watched. Mm. But it was the horror of being next to something gigantic and realizing how small you are, <laughs> which is the horror that Subnautica, you know, has a lot of. Yeah. Where you just, you know, the horror you feel when you see like an incredibly majestic scene, like a huge mountain, and just get a sense of how tiny you and are. Start pondering your own insignificance. Yeah. yeah. It's, not qu- it's not quite cosmic horror. Mm-hmm. The horror of the sublime. Thank you, Lucas Root. That was, that was the name. Horror of the sublime. For that one, that's a great title. Yeah. <laughs> horror of the sublime. Interesting. Yeah. Which do I prefer? Um, um, well, now that you mention it, I guess I prefer the horror of the sublime. I feel that's mm. much more impactful these days, mainly because there's less of it. Mm. Mm. We're all used to seeing really crazy graphics in games. Yeah, like blood and guts. It doesn't do the same thing it used to do. Mm. There's only so much blood and guts. Unless I'm going to say cool. no. Yeah, I'm going to say no more super chats now. Oh sure, because I'm just going to read out the ones we've got. So if you give any super chats after this point, Wrap you might not get to them, and you have no one to blame for you, but yourself because we said as much. All right, I like it. Okay, where were we? The atomic lemon. Okay, Meister Kleister Heister gives five euros to say i've seen someone who never got scared by any horror game admit they got scared by re7 in vr because it feels like you're there well that's the whole thrust of vr i suppose i i can see why that would be the case i've certainly had more intense experiences in vr it would probably be lost on jack old mr doesn't like things stuck to his face Give me a thousand dollars, chat. 
give me $1,000 and I will buy a VR thing and I will do all the VR stuff. I currently do not have one. Th- I mean, actually, in order to get a full VR thing, I'd probably need $1,500 to get like a good VR thing. Well, that's how much you'd be paying for the Valve. VR right. Jet. But you know, the, they sent us like two free ones of those. Yeah, yeah, they did, huh? Well, maybe they'll give centers. Maybe they'll send us another review. Ask Valve, just like they got we money just, to burn. It seems. Just, we, uh, you know, like I, I'll give you a, like a inside uh, outsiders perspective here, Val. Oh, it'd be it'd be great. I will do a whole series. Yeah. On, on yeah. Jack Jack yeah. plays VR games. Whole series. Come on, Valve. Yeah, you would be obligated to review it if they sent you a review, review copy. I would. Oh, I'd review the fuck out of it. There you go. <laughs> I'll do, uh, we'll, uh, we'll start up an entire new show called Make Jack Puke, and it'll just be about me trying VR and and talking about the headset and all the VR games that I, I do want to try some of them. I want to I want to play me some Beat Saber. I love a good rhythm game, Yance. Yeah, you'd probably like that. Yeah. Uh, where are we? Lucas Fogel gives five US dollars to say I could use another where you go through another what. I could use another where you go through another mutually enjoyed game's trophy data and compare actually difficulty of task versus trophy percentage. OAC. Yes, yes. He's talking about that episode we did on the Dark Souls trophies. We spent the entire time just digging through trophy data, which, by the way, one of my favorite podcasts. It was yeah, so yeah. We had fun. <laughs> we had fun doing that. We had a ton of Not fun. Not so doing much. That. Not so much in the audience. Yeah. But you know what? We have to find... Yeah, we can do that again. We'd have to find another game we both mutually really like and are interested in. Yeah. Well, I, I think we just need another, like, we we need another, like, watershed game, like another big, big game, and just see, again, where people dropped off. It, it would actually be really mm. interesting to find a game that's more universally um, loved. Like, you know, Dark Souls is very critically loved. But I wonder about like a universally loved game where the drop-offs are. I'd like a Breath of the Wild or something. Ooh, there we go. I don't know if they have stats. Yeah, a bit harder to get stats on that, of course. Yeah, it would need to be a Steam game, a universally loved Steam game that mm. we could get the stats on and like actually see where, where something like that drops off. That would be a ton of fun. I love that. Great. Goku, Goku's on DBZ, who's cropping up a lot this week. Gives two dollars to say Resident Evil Code Veronica was on Dreamcast. Oh, apparently it was important that we know that. <laughs> he goes on to give another two US dollars and say Ver- Veronica X for GameCube and PS2 and its releases. Oh, thank you, fact checker Dragon Ball Z liking person. We appreciate the fact checks. Uh, what was the what was it in Resident Evil Four? Was it just after you beat the game you could play it again as um as uh what was her name Vera Wang. <laughs> Ada, no, that's the Ada Ada, Ada, Ada Wong. Wong, not Vera. Not Wang. Vera yes. Wang is the one is the fashion designer. Ada Wong. So that was yeah, that was yeah the separate ways part. I think that was added on like subsequent re-releases of the game because I had the original version and mm. that mode wasn't included. Oh, okay. They add they added it to like subsequent versions, and you could tell they made it after the fact because it was really painfully obvious which voice actors they couldn't get back. <laughs> <laughs> Because the characters show up and didn't say anything for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Adam Unwin gives two Great British pounds to ask, have I tried Pathologic? If so, thoughts? 
I tried Pathologic 2 because everyone kept banging on about it. Mm-hmm. I found it dreary and inscrutable and couldn't really get through it. Mm. I felt like a lot of the gameplay was just going to the objective it says to go to on the map and then having a conversation and then not really being any clearer on what's going on. Sure. Maybe I have the wrong sort of brain. What about the Phantasmagoria? What's that one? Have you played that one? Phantasmagoria, the yeah. old um, FMV Sierra Horror Adventure games. No, what's the, the there's a new one that everybody's flipping their lid about. Uh, Phasmophobia? Phasmophobia, is that one? Well, that's a multiplayer-only game, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that one. Oh, so you wouldn't and, have played that one. And it's an early access. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I remember days. like the the internet was all was all a flutter like a month or so ago about that game, and haven't heard a thing about it since. As uh, as is the way with all early access games. Hmm. Yeah, that's the risky take. Of course, you you lose your time in the sun. Yep. You risk you like uh, throw away the first impression. Mm. But you know, if you're confident in your product, you can build up niche appeal. That's true. But anyway. Spedivisku gives 10 euros to say first zombies, giant animals, create creased European village, soon werewolves and vampires. Which classic horror trope should get an RE version next and how would you explain it through biohazard premise? I, I think I get what you're asking. Uh, which classic horror trope right. should Resident Evil bastardize next? How about mummies? How about mummies? <laughs> You go to an Egyptian tomb and a load of bandage guys show up, only it turns out it was because the Umbrella Corporation had a laboratory underneath a pyramid or something. Is there there a fun video game mechanic that you could do with curses, right? Because that's the big mummy thing. Like, mummies aren't strong. Mummies curse you. Oh, you could just use nanobots, couldn't you? <laughs> they were they were trying to harvest the power of the mummy's curse, and it it turned out to curse you, the player. And so, how how would you make a mummy's curse into a gameplay element? Is the question? Is oh um, uh, well, you could just have like a generic. Uh, like bad luck mechanic, Ooh. where every now and again your gun doesn't fire or something. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Or environmental things that that would that have a, a a dice roll to like break. So you have to you were you know planning on going through exit A, but the thing the ladder broke halfway up. So now you have to go all the way around to exit B. Sure, that'd be fun. Um, GD Weston gives five great British pounds to say the best will be the RE that is ex- accessible, so unlikely to be won. Well, fair enough. Not terribly accessible from a modern perspective, that one. Wait, I came up with a better idea, Yahtzee. All right, I'll just uh, it, brace myself. I'll just a, get on the edge of my seat here. It's a, it's a, a Frankenstein's monster parable. Mm. only you as the only we we take like the the interesting idea from bioshock you the player can choose to upgrade certain body parts and turn yourself into the monster Ooh, yeah and then like the game you know like you beat so are you are you the monster from the start then well, right. <laughs> well, well, I feel if you if you were like a normal person who was born normally, 
and then you became the monster. That sort of undermines the whole premise oh, of Frankenstein. Well, no, I meant, it's about- I meant you were you were the monster because you created the monstrosity. Right. Uh, but no, so like you're you're like a cop. You're like a normal cop, and you you make all of these choices to like upgrade your body with different body parts to stop the bad guy. But then at the end, you are more monster than man. I feel like there's games that have done that. Give, give, give me my Emmy. This is great. This is a great. This is a great thing. For some reason, for some reason, I'm thinking of Raiden's character arc in the Metal Gear Solid series. Mm, sure. Where he starts off as just anime pretty boy in Metal Gear Solid Two, and <laughs> like replaces all his body parts by the end of, by the time he shows up in Metal Gear Solid Four. This is this is a great idea. This is a great idea. You're welcome. <laughs> all right then. <laughs> Dr. Zero gives 199 Great British Pounds. Lots of Great British Pound havers this, this week. Wow. I guess since we're in the morning, we're easier to watch from Europe. Oh, I suppose. From Europe. I, I suppose. Uh, did we know Subnautica 2 comes out next month? Yeah, we're fucking games journalists. Who do you think you're talking to? Oh, yes. I also, did. it's not Subnautica 2. It's called Subnautica Below Zero. Oh, because you're in the Antarctic something like that oh, I, I think it's called is it called Below Zero I might have gotten that wrong or is it just called two? It's it's related to cold in some way I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking it up I googled Subnautica 2 uh, Below Zero yeah yeah, yeah. that's what I said okay. yeah, yeah. I figured it's my brain being you know weird on me and finally Craig Kennedy gives five dollars to say bug snacks was fairly effective body horror nah. yeah that's another that's another game that gives off a horrific vibe <laughs> where you can't quite put your finger on why <laughs> Don't. Have you played that one no no bug snacks <laughs> but it's a it's a very weird game that. it has very large don't hug me i'm scared vibes and i dig that about but, it yeah very much so but it's <laughs> But even then, it's 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 not overtly. It doesn't feel like it's overtly intended to be a horror thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the fuck it was intended to be. To be honest, well, like like you said, it's just that it's that very subtle. Something's wrong, but the game is telling me that nothing's wrong. Vibe to bug snacks. Yeah, <laughs> just from watching the trailers, I knew that I, I like. I will probably enjoy bug snacks. It, that might be. A, is that a PS Five exclusive though? No, no. I played it. I played it on Epic Store. I think. Oh shit! You know what? I had in my head that it was a PS5 exclusive, so I had it on my list. But no, no. PS5 and Epic Store exclusive. I think. Oh well, shit! I got to get me some bug snacks. Was it just PS5? I <laughs> Is it not on any other consoles? Help me out, Chad. I have no clue. I, the professional games journalist, <laughs> do not know that off the top of my head. This is why we have chat, Yahtzee. They tell us things that we don't know. Some people mentioning It Takes Two has a similar sort of something's fucked up about this, but we can't put our finger on what sort of vibe. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that, Andrew Clark. It is on PS4 as well, not just PS5. Bug snacks. Bug snacks. I got to get me some bug snacks. Well, someone just gave a super chat as I was looking at the chat. So I, so I might as well say thanks for the 250 DOP, Emmanuel Toribio, who says the horror of bug snacks comes from those hyper-realistic graphics of the PS5. All right, I'll take your word for it. Right. I played it on the Epic Store, as I said. Nick, Nick, I know you're in the chat. Need a VR, need a PS5. Sorry, I got to do that. 
I gotta play Bugsnax. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'll be realistically available <laughs> at some point soonish. They'll never be realistically available on PC either because of the global graphics card shortages. <laughs> um, mm. Well, I think that's the end of the podcast. I think so as well. I think we we did some. I think overall this was a good conversation about uh, yes, why I think horror it was a, can work it, and cannot. It work. was a profitable exchange of views from two mm. different perspectives on horror games. Two very different perspectives on horror games. Hmm. 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 I agree. I agree. So uh, thanks everybody uh, for watching and or listening to this later. As a small reminder, uh, shows like this are available because of all of those wonderful super chats and because people become YouTube members or Escapist Plus members. That helps us make these shows where we just talk about bullshit and have a good time in general. So uh, this is me uh, gently reminding you of all those things as a way to uh, guilt you into doing those things. Well, that's the subtext of most YouTube videos and shit. The day this net, please give us some money so I don't have to go back to work at the CVS. And viewers like you. Tale us all this time. (laughs) So I've been Yahtzee Croshaw. And I've been Jack Packard. And uh, tune in to the rest of our content. I've got another Zero Punctuation episode coming out tomorrow on escapismagazine.com. And I'll be doing the post-CP stream in the afternoon as well. From 1pm Pacific Time, 3pm Central, I think. Mm -hmm. What are you doing next, Jack? Uh, I'll be back on Thursday for Today We Play with Nick, our editor. Uh, he's playing something. I don't know what. Or maybe I'm playing something this week. But we live stream 3 p.m. Central. Yes. And we're super cash about it by the sounds of it. Super cash. Don't you guys worry. Everything's super cash over here. Remember to follow us on Twitter. That's Our Twitter names are right underneath us in yes. beautiful uh, graphics. Yes, I'm not even going to read them out loud. You should know how this works by now. You really should. Uh, also, bye. Toffee looks sleepy, doesn't he? But you should see how he reacts when he thinks I'm, g- when I'm getting up. Oh. Why don't I just pretend that I'm getting up for a second? Oh, well, that's enough of that. What's <laughs> up, go, go, Toffee? He almost, he almost took my, my uh, headphones with him there. <laughs> All right, we're leaving for real now. Bye. <laughs>